2: Smashbot.
1: There's something very lovely and real about Hannah. She gives me a very deep feeling of being part of something.
3: Did you ever read this one?
1: Elliot, don't. Lee, Lee,
2: I'm in love with you.
1: You you mentioned to me yourself that you and Elliot were having some problems. You were having problems, some problems that are my business, which I don't see how you could know about in such detail. It's a good thing we had a talented daughter.
4: I can only hope that she was mine. With you as her mother, her father could be anybody and act as
1: equity. Two months ago, you thought you had a malignant melanoma naturally i i you know I, the sudden appearance of a black spot on my back it was on your shirt i'm gonna
4: cry you want my husband to have a child with you yeah d- don't answer now just you know take it home and think about it for a while
2: god i should have married you years ago when you wanted to i should have agreed
3: oh god don't you know it never would have worked it's an epiphany of the soul I, if you know what i mean
1: i No, i know exactly what you mean darling. I don't know if you remember me, but we had the worst night of my life together.
2: Hello and welcome to Smirsh Pod 2, The Kane Scrutiny, a podcast celebrating the vast oeuvre of Michael Kane, The highs, the lows and everything in the middle. This truly is the podcast where you're only supposed to have a good time. This week we'll be exploring vast neuroses, embracing inner monologues and turning down the jazz. Yes, it's Hannah and her sisters. Joining me to try on a midlife crisis is author and gentleman Jason Sinclair, who can be found on Twitter as at sync. Hello Jason. Hi John. How are you?
4: I'm very well, thanks for having me on.
2: Good, no, thanks for coming back. You were very popular on our Diamonds Are Forever episode. You're welcome. So it would be a mistake not to ask you back. It would have been. Yeah.
4: Yes, it would. It would have been a mistake you would have regretted, but yes, here I am. Hannah
2: yeah. and her sisters. Then,
4: yeah, you'd seen this before, hadn't you? Um, yeah, I'd seen Hannah and her sisters. I uh, probably haven't seen it for about twenty years. Um, yeah, I didn't expect it to hold up very well. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, watched it this week, and it was yeah, it was all right. There were bits of it that were that were okay. It's not top level Woody Allen, which you would say is. Even when Hannah and Her Sisters came out, people would talk about the earlier funny films. Why doesn't he do the earlier, earlier funny films? Yeah, which were ten years before, which were like Bananas and Take Your Money and Run and Love and Death and Annie Hall and whatever. And that was that was probably the peak. Yeah, and they're saying, yeah, Hannah and Her Sisters, Crimes and Misdemeanors, that sort of thing. Do your earlier funny films now? Hannah and Her Sisters probably is an earlier funny film, considering what he's been doing in the last twenty five years. Yeah, with his personal life and his professional life. So yeah, it wasn't bad.
2: I hadn't seen this before.
4: And what do you think of it?
2: It was all right. It wasn't amazing. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I've seen some Woody Allen films. I've seen like Manhattan Murder Mystery.
4: That's quite good, Manhattan Murder it's Mystery. That's probably, to. I would say, because I sort of grew up with Woody Allen. Mm. I, I mean, I didn't actually grow you up. You weren't with one him. of his adopted children. I didn't grow. I actually grew up with him. He didn't marry me. No. no. So, but I, but I sort of around my family and For friends shame. and stuff. All of Woody Allen was a sort of popular thing. He was around, and I would have watched all his films until until probably around Manhattan Murder Mystery. If time. you had married him,
2: though, been nice, wouldn't it?
4: No. Well, he's into jazz. But, are you saying that? What What, I, what are you saying here? I'm just saying, you know, it
2: wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world, would it? I,
4: I don't like that sort of jazz. He's he's sort of the very early Benny Goodman mm. New Orleans type stuff. Not for me, thank you.
2: Blood, was it Bloodhounds of Broadway? Was that Bullet, him? Bullets Over Bullets Broadway. Bullets Over Broadway, beg your pardon. That was him. That's a good one. Mm,
4: I don't know. I don't, I mean, what's your favourite of his?
2: Oh, I think it might be Manhattan Murder Mystery, you know. Yeah. When I was a teenager, I really liked everything he wanted about sex, but were afraid to ask. Yeah, because it had sex in the title. Because it's basically sketches. It's basically yeah. like Woody Allen doing a kind of yeah. sketch film, yeah. and it's got the Burt Reynolds numbskulls yes.
4: section. It's which is actually the numbskull. I don't know which came first, whether no, the numbskulls don't. came first
2: or whether... Well, the, the guy in the film came first, if you know what I mean. Yes. Woody Allen exactly. plays the sperm. That's quite funny. Yeah. And then you've got the giant boob chasing people, which is always funny. Yeah. So I quite. And Gene Wilder with the sheep.
4: Yeah. So that's right. All right up your alley. Well, yeah. it's all it good. was, a, But it was a sketch film, yeah. It yeah. Was
2: a, but I think as is, uh, I hadn't seen many. Oh, well, Purple Rose of Cairo is very good.
4: That's very good. I like Broadway Danny Rose. I think that's a very funny film, Um, which was around the same time as just before Hannah and his sisters.
2: I'm outing myself as a bit of a philistine. Yeah. Haven't seen that many of his films. No. Never really appealed, but I did like Play It Again, Sam.
4: That is a very funny film. Mm. That's that. It, I think that, Take the money, take money and Run, Take the Money and Run, uh, Bananas, Sleeper, those, those are what they refer to as the early funny films. And love and
2: Death. Basically, and Love and Death, yeah. You know, Bananas has got Swiss sister Stallone in it.
4: As if, there's always odd people turning up in Woody Allen films who mm. 20 years later or 10 years later become...
2: Famous. Well, this one's full of them, isn't it? It is, yeah. But let's let's crack on. So it starts off at a dinner party for Thanksgiving, and Michael Caine's having, like, an inner monologue. Yeah. He's lusting over his wife's sister, Barbara Hershey. Yeah. And the first line in the film is, gosh, she's beautiful.
4: You agree with him on this? She is quite attractive, isn't she? It's Michael Caine plays it doesn't sound very promising on paper and maybe not on screen either. He's a financial advisor with the
2: horn for Barbara Hershey. Yes. That's... Could they have put that on the poster? That's pr- Maybe not on the poster, but it was he's probably... He's a financial advisor with the horn for Barbara Hershey.
4: <laughs> they might not put it on the poster, but it was probably in the script. Yeah. Michael, this is your motivation. Who am I? I'm a financial advisor. What's your motivation? You have the horn for Barbara Hershey. And he's and got giant say, oh, glasses. Giant. I mean, I think... You've watched, I mean. You've obviously watched a load of Michael Caine films yeah. recently. Does he always have glasses that big? Because he's known for the glasses, but these ones are just.
2: No. These are proper. I think these are the ones he would wear when he's not acting.
4: They're not as big as his cardigan, which no. is just vast. Must like in a shop for Yetis or Bigfoot or something <laughs> that he bought this cardigan. Or the, the it's like it must weigh about fifty pounds. Mm. That thing big grey cardigan
2: and he doesn't look comfortable in this film and i think it's because of the glasses and the cardigan wearing him down you wouldn't be
4: comfortable with like a rucksack full of rocks on your back in the form of a
2: no this is like what they do in national service isn't it they give you those glasses and that cardigan basically tell you to march for a march.
4: basically march for barbara hershey <laughs> <That's> <laughs> which is funny. what he does yeah
2: um but it's a thanksgiving dinner as i say and it's all been prepared by hannah yeah um, well hannah
4: and her black maid who band. is one of the only two black people in the film, obviously. there's uh, Bobby Short plays the piano a bit yeah. later. Yeah. But there's a silent black maid doing, basically doing everything.
2: She does give age. her credit, though. She does uh, say, right. I didn't do it all myself. Okay. I had our silent black maid help us. Yes. And they were talking about how she's had success with a doll's house as well.
4: Yeah. Do you know what that is? Do no. you know what that means? No. It's an
2: Ibsen play. Oh, is a, it? She's an actress. I thought she literally made a doll's house. No, she... <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, I thought that.
4: No. I mean, I was thinking when I was watching this, I was, I was like writing notes down and saying, this is like Fanny and Alexander. This is Visconti. This is Ibsen. This is Chekhov. And I said, I'm not going to be able to come into Pod and, and say any of this to John, am I? He'll just hear the word Fanny, and, uh, and that'll be that.
2: I should confess, Jason knows me quite well. So the way he asked, do you know what that is, <laughs> is very representative of our relationship because most of the time he has to explain things to me. Uh, and again it's now on record that's happened again so good that's good I literally thought she'd made a doll's house no good okay well we should say Hannah is an actress yeah who's kind of taken a break from acting it it seems that way I mean she has she has
4: in the way of Woody Allen films she has a huge apartment which huge which you have no idea and I read it's
2: her actual apartment
4: it was it was Mia Farrow's actual apartment Woody Allen Mia Farrow famously lived in different one lived in on the Upper East Side, one lived on the Upper West Side. They lived wow. in different. Did they have like a,
2: a, a battle like the rappers did in the nineties? <laughs> well, the East West. The, i the, East the Side. Upper you East. are West Side. Yeah, well, maybe,
4: maybe. I mean, yeah. you know, just little postcode wars. But yeah, it's her apartment. I mean, there's some weird stuff going on about. We might talk more about it later. So they didn't live together. Now. they didn't live together. They were married. They had different apartments. You you know that Maureen O'Sullivan. Who's is, playing, Mia is Mia mother. Farrow's mother so she's yeah. in the film Mia Farrow's in her own apartment and Michael Caine like films not sex scenes but love scenes with Mia Farrow in her own bed mm. in her own apartment and he talked about turning around and seeing Woody her husband behind the camera not cowboy from Toy Story not the, the cowboy from Toy Story but, the, Toy Story, but yeah. the husband behind the camera yeah while he's like having a love scene with the wife while the mother's in the other room yeah and Andre Previn came around at one point to see the children who were in the Thanksgiving scenes, yes, the children, was... including
2: Sun Yi. I was going is... to say, that is Sun Yi, isn't it? Sun Yi is in, yeah. Yeah. God, mm. There's so much of that in this we'll get to. Yeah. Um, but Barbara Hershey, uh, she speaks to Kane and he goes all bright red because he's lusting after her. Yeah. And she thinks to herself that he's got a crush on her because he went red. Yes, and she's right. She is right because she goes home to her... Um, Partner, boyfriend?
4: Yeah, I would say. I don't think. Frederick doesn't matter. Who is
2: inexplicably played by Max von Seidel. Well, I think. Why inexplicably? Because he just seems like a really. It seems like a. You see so many films on Max von Seidel is like the elderly, wizened man. Yeah. Even when he was a young man in The Exorcist, he's playing an elderly, wizened man. To see him as kind of like a love rival, it just seems really incongruous.
4: Well, maybe. I mean, this is. Because he was obviously a Bergman actor, and Woody Allen is in thrall to Bergman, so he gets Max von Sydow, in and so on. I think Max von Sydow is really good in this. He actually. is excellent. Um, yeah. yeah, Kane gets the Oscar nomination, but he seems to—it's like you're a little boy, Michael Kane.
2: I don't know how he to, got the Oscar nomination, though.
4: I don't know. There's often like politics and whatever, isn't there? But I, I was—he's I mean, good,
2: but he's not as like—he's not
4: outstandingly good. Yes, yeah, he's—he's yeah, he's okay. But whether it's. Like, that was the year Paul Newman won for Colour uh, of Money. Money, which which he was good in, but he wasn't like the best. So, but it's like, oh, here's your career, Paul Newman, here's your Oscar. Maybe it was that of Michael Caine. That was a very strange year for the Oscars anyway. It was.
2: It was. Should we get into that?
4: I think we should. I, yeah. th- I don't think, because I, I, I think we, you don't want to bury the lead. You don't want to sort of leave the big story to the end.
2: No, we did some... Well, I should say Jason did some research this yeah. week because we wanted to find... Well, I wanted to find... I'm going to contradict myself here. I wanted to find the clip of Michael Caine getting the best supporting actor. Because
4: you said Michael Caine couldn't um, come to the
2: Oscars. No. Because... He was in the Bahamas doing Jaws of Revenge. Which is a good reason not to come to the Oscars, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I was hoping there was a clip because sometimes, like the BAFTAs particularly, you'd be like, there'd be a clip from an actor go. sorry, I can't be there tonight. I'm in New York shooting, whatever. I was hoping there was a clip of Michael Caine in the, in the water going, sorry, I can't get yeah. out doing Chaucer Revenge. But it is not. I think Sigourney Weaver accepts it on his behalf yeah. and says, oh, I know he'd be really pleased with this, but he can't be here. Yeah, So it's quite boring. But you went deeper.
4: Oh, I went deep. I went deep into the 1987 Oscar ceremony <laughs> because I found, I, mean, I found out, first of all, it was presented by Chevy Chase and Paul Hogan. Yes. Which is a bit of a... Pe- I mean, Chevy Chase probably towards the end of his period of popularity. He's dropping out. Paul Hogan within his six months or so of popularity or whatever. So you're thinking, okay, there's some all sorts of weird stuff going on. There must be some ego
2: stuff going on as well. Because I assumed it, because you know, like for instance, when Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin hosted it, I think Mm. they did it together. So I assumed, oh, we're going to see Chevy Chase and Paul. They don't share a moment together. No, no, no. no. They do it separately.
4: No. But again, let's not bury the lead. The main thing is that the opening of this Oscar ceremony... Is well, I mean, you you can take over here. Really? Okay.
2: Well, the opening is a musical number. I think it's from Guys and Dolls. It's
4: from is the opening from Guys and you know I got the horse ride. The, I can't sing, but the, no. the Guys and Dolls opening. Yeah. Fugue for Tin Horns. So, but it's readapted to take in some sort of topical look at Oscars and Hollywood. Yeah. And the casting directors have
2: decided to hire to do this musical number three actors. Yeah. Telly Savalas, yeah, who then hands over to Pat Morita, who's Mr Miyagi, who in actual fact is not a little wise Japanese, Chinese man. He's actually a very camp American man. Yeah, and then he hands over to Dom DeLuise.
4: Yeah, so we've got like Mr Miyagi, yeah, Dom DeLuise, and Kojak, yeah, are opening up the Oscars, the biggest show in the world. Yeah, they're in Hollywood. Whoever's casting them will think, you know, I mean, you're casting the Oscars. How you start off thinking musical number, let's get like Gene Kelly, let's get Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. That's nowadays who it would be like Hugh Jackman, Ryan Gosling, whatever, yeah. you can get them to open the Oscars. How far down do they have to go? <coughs> who said no? How how many people said no? I mean Burt Reynolds obviously said no and just got them onto Don Deluise.
2: Yeah. Ralph Macchio you...
4: said no and said <laughs> Well the kid from the Karate Kid. Who? <laughs>
2: Well, that's the th- they got they got fucking Mr Miyagi to do a Mr Miyagi the musical. It's, it's so funny. It's not just it, and it's
4: not just the fact that it's these three people doing it. It's what they do, yes, as well. Because they, I mean, they start out off outside, yeah, with t- Telly Savalas. To be fair, I can like hold a tune. The stars are out tonight, and now they're shining bright. I see a famous face
3: everywhere in sight, right here, right now. The big race is on right now. It's something to see
0: and how. Right here, right now. You better join the fray, get in on this party. Hey man, the
1: Oscar Derby is
0: underway. Get set, get set. That win place to show you bet may
1: just be your best bet yet get set
2: better get set just yeah he's, he's the best one out well uh, dom de is good as well he can't sing dom no, de luise no.
4: he can't sing and he's still wearing his cap he's
2: got his beret, fat man berry
4: he's still wearing his, his, his a little white beret with the, yeah. with sort of like purple velvet lounge yeah. suit whatever and he can't sing he's giving it his all oh yeah he's a pro yeah yeah, yeah. But there's so they start out offside. Mr Miyagi almost falling down the stairs
2: because they're doing it live. <laughs> he nearly falls down the stairs. It's really funny. And,
4: and then and so they've done Telly Savalas, Mr Miyagi, and then they get they, then the big reveal is there's Dom DeLuise, yeah, on the middle like doing a Broadway type number with all the billboards of this year's films, which are like Children of a Lesser Garden. Aliens. Platoon and Aliens. Poltergeist 2. Uh, what can only be described as, a, 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 a not that this is a bad thing, but an extremely homosexual 1980s dance troupe, yeah. tap dancing over like the Poltergeist 2 banner. <laughs> yep. And then Dom DeLuise comes out down the stairs starting singing in front of a massive Blue Velvet banner, which makes, makes you think of like *This is Blue Velvet, the musical.
2: But also the dancers it's, are then whispering the names oh, of oh the they films. are yeah, yeah. And, platoon
0: platoon platoon children of, <laughs> children of a lesser god children of a lesser god children of a lesser god children of a lesser god
2: and her sisters
4: Hannah and her sister. I know it's,
2: it's oh, so fucking it's mental. extraordinary
4: put it up on um, put it up on you I will be sharing it
2: and I know and I, you'd have probably heard clips I've dropped in at this point but my god you, you sent that to me and I c- could not stop watching it's it it's
4: three and a half minutes long mm. um, you've probably spent four hours on it I would imagine I since I so, sent yeah. it on you but yeah it's it's an, it's an extraordinary bit of work it really is so so that's the Oscars ceremony where yeah. Woody Allen doesn't turn up to the Oscars either, no. ever. He plays his clarinet in New York, being very precious.
2: Yeah. And that's not a euphemism, by the way. <laughs> it in be.
4: retrospect, <laughs> it was always a story he gave, but what was he doing?
2: Well, exactly. What was he?
4: Maybe Mia Farrow was like the Oscars.
2: <sighs> Mia Farrow said, by the way, about this film, that she, looking back, it's quite uncomfortable because it's him... Writing about how he, he's in love with her sister. Exactly. Yeah.
4: But that happened, she didn't see it because obviously her mother's in it as well mm. and she got the script mm. and the mother got the, got the script and said, look, Mia, this is, you, whatever, the Barbara Hirsch character, that's your sister Patty or whatever her name Prudence. is. And then the, Prudence. And then the other one is your other sister. And you've got, yeah, the guy who's playing your husband on the screen, Michael Caine, lusting out after one of your sisters, while your actual husband ends up with your other another sister. one of this, your sisters at the, and it, yeah, there is oddness going on. I mean, she still took the part, yeah. Maureen O'Sullivan, the mother, despite seeing this. Mm. Um, and there is lots of there is some meta stuff as well at the end when the Diane V's character has written a script which is too close to home for the yeah for the stuff. So it's it, it's. They're all they're all playing games and it's all going on.
2: Yeah, but anyway, Max von Sydow hates people, but he loves Barbara Hershey. He says, "I hate everybody, but I love you." Yeah, and I, I really chimes with me that does. Yeah, okay. I hate everybody, but I love Barbara Hershey.
4: Well, like Max von Sydow, you're an artist.
2: Yeah, I am. In many ways I am. You paint your canvas. Wide. I do. Uh, but Kane. Um, he wants to find a way to get in with Barbara Hershey any way he can. Yeah. Max von Sydow is an artist, as you said, yeah. and he's talking about how he may have a customer for him. Yes. He wants to buy his artwork. Yeah. But it's not true. I mean, he has, but he really wants to just get with Barbara yeah, yeah. he's in love with her. Then Woody Allen is at his place of work. It's kind of like a 30 Rock situation where he's a writer for a comedy show. Yeah. And he's talking about a sketch about child molestation. He is, yes. I mean, for fuck's sake. He, well, uh, yes, I know he wasn't. He wasn't sure. a child. Char-
4: he wasn't actually a child molester. No, he, he just married his child when she was grown. It doesn't sound good, does no, it? No, it doesn't. No, it I'm doesn't not saying for a
2: minute good. he's a child molester, but it makes you think about. I mean, I know he didn't know that then, but blimey. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, and then we see a young Julia Louise Dreyfus. Julia. Dreyfus, yes, is is there, and so is Louis Black. Louis Black, yeah, and John Turturro. And John Turturro,
4: yeah, all around him in sort of the writer's room. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's quite fun. Um, But Woody is basically, um, he's he's the ex-husband of Mia Farrow. Yeah. And he goes to see Mia Farrow because it's the twins' birthday. Yes. They have two twin children. Two twin children who,
4: I, I think this is one of the better gags in the film, who have... Big mops of curly hair. Yeah. So you already know that they're Tony Roberts' kids. Yes. Basically. It, this Somehow comes into pass later. But yeah. yeah.
2: And he brings them a ball and a pitcher's mitt. Yeah. And it's cause that's an American trope, isn't it? It's um, yeah. It's, uh, well, I
4: suppose it's like just bringing a cricket bat and ball or whatever. Yeah.
2: But there's a nice skit here because Woody is convinced there's something wrong with him. He's a hypochondriac. Yeah. And it literally says hy- the hypochondriac. He goes to the doctor convinced there's something wrong with him because of his hearing. But yeah. the way the skit works out is quite funny because the Doctor then goes, yeah, you're probably right. And then Woody spends the next few minutes trying to talk him out of it, going, no, I'm fine. But he wants to send him for more tests. And then he rings the, another Doctor for another opinion. And it's Richard Jenkins.
4: Isn't the first je- the first Doctor's, um, or is it like, I'm getting mixed up, which Doctor's which, but Fred melamad who um, was
2: amazing in A Serious Man. I think he's the one he... The oh, he's the one when he has the... the he's one the one who yeah, went to yeah, go yeah, for the okay. further test. Carry on, sorry. Yes, yeah. but he, go, he rings for a second opinion. It's Richard Jenkins with a full yeah. head of hair, looking really young. So that was quite a nice surprise. Um, and um, so he basically says, we're going to have to send you for tests. And he says, what tests? And he says, well, it's just to rule stuff out. Like what? Well, we'll send you for tests. Then he rings Richard Jenkins and he goes, oh, it might be a brain tumour. So he's got this whole hypochondria thing going on in his mind, which I found really uncomfortable because I have that same inner monologue. That's all the like, time.
4: that's like because I mean I've got a cold at the moment, as mm. you might hear yeah. um, on the on this podcast. Usually, but, Jason's got very high. Voice. But I'm not for th- yes, I'm not thinking that I've got a cold. I think I probably have meningitis, mm. which is what you would think, and which yes. is what Woody Allen
2: would think. Yes, so well. we're all on the same page, apart from when it apart comes from to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then we meet Diane Wiest and Carrie Fisher, and Carrie looks lovely in this, doesn't she? Yeah. Oh, such a shame. Every time she was on this, I kept thinking, it's such a shame she's no longer with us. Yeah. She was lovely. Uh, but Diane Wiest and Carrie Fisher have got a catering company, and it's a big hit.
4: It's called Stanislavski Caterers as well, which is another... Is that a reference? You, you may not know. That's, no, that's no, an what? actor's joke because Stanislavski was a, a famous acting tutor and a technique called the Stanislavski Technique. Did he, did he make to, to food? Fill you in. Um, his catering was probably not his strong point, and that's why it's the joke. Right, okay. Okay.
2: Okay. Uh, but an architect comes in, whose name I forgot to write down. It's Sam Waterson. Yes. Um, but I can't remember his character's no. name. He was in... Um, he's been in loads he's of stuff. He's been in all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he basically comes into the room and says, your food's great, and then he says, actually, I just wanted to come in to talk to you guys. Yeah. And he... Basically, fancies is one or both. He, of them. I think he
4: fancies. He, he's just on the pickup, isn't he? He's yeah. a sleazy pickup artist comes in to try and nail a waitress. Finds that the waitresses are somehow like doctorally educated in architecture and opera and, and are the most erudite people around somehow.
3: Hmm.
4: And um, yeah, goes on goes on a cap tour of New, a Woody Allen cab tour of New York sites. Basically, to, uh, to well, he, woo them,
2: he takes them to all the buildings he's made. Yeah, and then he shows them all the buildings that he doesn't like. Yeah, and then he says, "Right, who am I dropping home first?" Yeah, and then you get a bit of here with Carrie Fisher going, "Oh well, you live closer, don't you?" And Diane Weese going, "Actually, you live closer." Yeah, and then he decides he's going to drop Diane Weese first. Yeah, and she has an entire inner monologue about, "Ah, oh, she's him. lost
4: yeah. out." Yeah, bloody architects. Yeah, bloody Carrie Fisher. That's her. so
2: Carrie Fisher's. Getting, well, I mean, you, you would drop Carrie Fisher home last, wouldn't you? If You were a sleazy architect,
4: I don't know. I'd have to, like, I'd, I'd, I'd have to put myself in his shoes somehow. I don't Princess know.
2: Leia or the mum from Lost Boys? No. It's Prince, Princess Leia, isn't it? You can, can you do both? Is this not? I thought that's where this was going, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll think about that for a minute. Okay, anyway. Um, so Michael Kane. Uh, make sure the next day Michael Caine makes sure he's in the neighbourhood of when Barbara Hershey comes out of her yeah. apartment and he um, manipulates a situation that he bumps into her
4: you say he manipulates a situation she comes out of her apartment he sees her come out of her apartment he must run around a minimum of four blocks to yeah. get to her before she's gone on Presume like as fast as Usain Bolt mm. without breaking sweat he never can, you, underestimate you
2: know. the power of the horn
4: you think you'd break sweat He's, he's like, you think he'd be there. Oh, Especially in those say, glasses well, as well. Those glasses and that cardigan. Yeah. I mean, he, might have, he might have been in a big grey raincoat, by He's now. got a big
2: grey raincoat on, but that yeah. cardigan might be underneath. So Could we're be. talking 100 pounds of weight there. Yeah. So, so he he's manages done that. It. He's been yeah.
4: going like round four New York blocks like a marine.
2: Oh. He says he was just in the neighborhood looking for a bookstore. Yeah. So she says, Oh, I know a bookstore. Mm-hmm. So she takes him to the bookstore and he says, Oh, You'd love this book, E.E. E. Cummings. Look. E.E. E. Cummings. I'd like to get you this.
0: Oh, no, I can't let
3: you get me that.
2: That's oh, oh yes, I, I, I'd like to uh, uh, very much. No,
3: I don't think
2: so. I, I read a poem of you and thought of his last week. A poem of his <laughs> and thought of you last. <laughs> You'll be fine. Now.
4: This is great. I mean, I love E.E. Cummings. It's I can't r- let
2: you do I, this. I, I'd, lo- I'd love to get you this. And, and maybe... Um, Maybe we could discuss it sometime. Anyway, so he says the E.E. E. Cummings book is a poem that reminds me of her. And it's a dirty poem about roses. Is it? It's a bit dirty. It's about, Did you look up the poem? I no, remember. I didn't. But when she reads it, it's about like... A, she has such little hands. Like the, but it's the like unpicking whatever. petals. Yeah. And it's very sort of virginal and odd and dirty, I yeah. think. For a middle-aged man to be recommended.
4: Well, I thought it was very... I mean, you know, for like a 20-year-old at university if you are like wooing somewhat wooing someone if you fancy someone if you if you obsessed with someone then then yes you probably hit the E. Cummings and you hit the poetry but yeah for a 50 something cunt struck heavy
2: glassed man
4: you yeah it just it does it does seem odd it does. don't send poems michael no the dignity is do
2: a song i heard this song and thought
4: don't do that, because I think Woody Allen probably did that as well in the, yeah. in the, what was Everyone Says I Love You, that, that you don't want Michael Caine breaking out into song in the middle of Greenwich Village. Smash
0: Bond. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
2: Smash Bond. Um, so then Woody goes for his hearing tests and the doctor is played by...
4: Is that Fred Melnick? Yeah. That's Fred Melnick. From a serious man. He's amazing. He should have won. A supporting actor Oscar. Very That's how to win a supporting actor Oscar.
2: That was a film that got a bit ignored, wasn't it?
4: It was. It was. Yeah, it was. But I think it's one of my recent favourites. And Fred Melamad is amazing in it. Well, I mean, yeah. do a Serious Man podcast at some point. Yeah, we'll do that. that. But
2: they right. want to send Woody for a CAT scan. But again, they won't really say why. And again, he's worried about it.
4: Yeah. There's a good gag there as well, isn't it? It because is. The, we thought you had a melanoma. <laughs> I had a black spot. That was on your
2: shite. Yeah. Yes, but still, he thinks he's dying from a tumor, <clears throat> and again, he's got a giant apartment as well. I wonder if that's his real apartment.
4: Yeah, he's got an amazing apartment. They've, they've, there's a lot. I mean, if you if you watch films in New York, you will see. It's a cliche, but it has happened when I've watched films in New York. Old women will shout out at the screen. How the hell do they afford that apartment? Mm. That's that's their level of film criticism.
2: Yes, so I mean, and that that would happen here as well in yeah. this film. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's a great bit when he goes back to his job and he talks... Julie Kavner, who's Marge from The Simpsons.
4: Yes, who's his assistant and
2: She lists all the times he's thought he was dying. Yeah,
4: it's amazing. It's amazing hearing Julie Kavner's voice, though.
2: She did a really good film of her own, you know, where she was a stand-up comedian.
4: No, don't know. I can't remember what
2: it was called, but it was really funny. It's very Woody Allen-ish, very um, introspective. Yeah. But yeah, it's worth checking out. Um, But then we have a flashback. Woody has a flashback to how he and Hannah broke up. Because they found out he was infertile. And the doctor says, you can adopt. Yes. Yeah. Um, Which raised an eyebrow. And so he goes to see his comedy partner, which is humiliating for him. Because earlier on, he mentions how his comedy partner, everything he touches turns to gold. Yeah. His ex-comedy partner, I should say. Whereas he's just doing this lowly jobbing job working in a very successful comedy show. Yes. Oh, how the heart bleeds. It's terrible for it. Um, but he goes to his ex-partner and basically says, can we have your sperm?
4: Yes. But I mean, that's interesting because cause Tony Roberts, who plays the guy, is often Woody Allen's best friend yes. in his earlier films. But he's almost, he's like the Woody Allen Woody Allen wants to be mm. as well. I think there's an interesting psychological thing going on. He's the sort of the tall athletic Jew as opposed to Woody Allen's short, respectable, cold, nebbish type Jew. And and so, yeah, I can see him, some psychological bollocks going on with him wanting Tony Roberts's kids.
2: I wonder if they fell out, because as like you say, he was in everything for yeah. a while, and then he wasn't in Woody Allen. Then he wasn't,
4: then, he sort of, then it was, then he... Used Alan Alda and people like that, and yeah, he started to, policy, to move so, to respectable yeah. actors
2: like uh, Martin yeah. Landau and yeah, people like that.
4: So I yeah, I don't know if he I don't know if they fell out. But
2: right it has a it. good line because he says, um, "I'd be the father. You just have to masturbate into a cup." I like the way he says that very yeah. frankly. And then
4: he he said what you would say, I suppose, which is something yeah, I can do that.
2: Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. But his wife's very uncomfortable with it. She says, I think we should have a talk about it. But then just like that, he says, anyway, so we had your kids. Yeah, the talk obviously, yeah, didn't go the way of the
4: wife. No. In that case, the man just wanted to wank into a cup. So
2: oh, there's yeah. also a great line when he says, um, it's a matter, It's a matter for your analyst and mine.
4: Yes. Which is a very funny joke. Yeah, it's very Woody Allen.
2: Yeah. But they had twins via his ex-partner Sperm. And then we see Diane Weiss to cut to her. She's gone to the opera with the architect from earlier. Yes. So he was talking about how he loves the opera. Yeah. So things are going well there. He's got his own box, he says, where he just sits there and drinks wine and cries. Yeah. Because the operas move him so much. He seems very really boring. The men in this,
4: is this what men are like in you? It's what men are like in Woody Allen's head or in Woody Allen's world, where they, they're saying that they're crying at the opera and they're sending a. E. Cummings posters. Hmm. Is this what... That's what you, I'm like. Is that what you're like?
2: I'd cry at the opera because I wanted to go home. Yeah. <laughs> Not a fan of the operas.
4: Okay, well, you, you won't... Fisher, all waste
2: then. If I had to go out with Carrie Fisher, I'd take her to an opera.
4: You would? Yeah. You'd manage? Yeah. Okay. Which, op- which opera would you go to? Uh,
2: La Triviata. <laughs> <laughs> um, that other one? What's it called? The one, um, Bolero? The Bolero. The yeah, Bolero, the, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. And um, the one with um, the other thing in it? Yeah.
4: It's called where, where, where the guy dies at the end.
2: They all die at the with end. A big song, yeah. Tosca. It's okay. the no yeah. right. Tosca. I only know that because it was in Quantum of Solace. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, Michael Kane, he brings someone round to Max von Sydow's studio. Yeah, to his art, and it's Daniel it's Stern. Daniel
4: Stern from the
2: Wonder Years and, the Home Alone. Yeah, and Home one Alone. Yeah, one of the Wet Bandits. Yeah. And Blue Thunder, of course.
4: Yeah, he's playing a, a rock star. Who Michael Caine is the is the financial manager.
2: I'm guessing Woody Allen hasn't he, been around many rock stars. We'll come to
4: this later. I yeah, think, we will. If won't going we? On the, yeah,
2: yeah, um, yeah. So he wants to look at Max von Sydow stuff, and Max von Sydow is not particularly happy about it. Not at all. No, because he, he doesn't see his art as something you just buy and put on a wall. You have to be. Have well, to he's trying
4: it. to buy it by the 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 yard yeah, that's right yeah
2: it? he's got a particular gap Problem. to fill
4: yeah but while how would you like that if someone came and said I have two and a half hours to film to fill yeah give me podcast fine yeah you would go fine because well, it would be. be a lot
2: of money wouldn't it yeah it's a rock star yeah Yeah. I think Max was being an arsehole okay sorry I just I'm sorry uh, but, so Michael Caine is talking to Barbara while Max von said goes to show Daniel Stone his work and he's having again another uh, he asked her about the EE coming poem uh, page 112 and she said she loved it and Michael has his inner monologue about I really want to kiss her.
3: I want so badly to kiss her. Not here you idiot. you've got to get her alone someplace but I've got to proceed cautiously. This is a very delicate situation. Okay yeah. Uh, Ask her if you can see her for lunch or a drink tomorrow. And be ready to make light of the offer if she's unresponsive. This has to be done very skillfully, and very diplomatically. Did you ever read this one? Lee, I don't! Lee, 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 I'm in love with you.
2: He kisses her. Yeah. Really horribly.
4: Forces himself on her quite badly.
2: Yeah. yeah. Which, again, not what you do.
4: No. And I mean, obviously, I mean, it's it's, uh, as often in Woody Allen films it's older men, younger women Mm. going on. Both von von Sido and Kane to Hershey. Um, Yeah, there's lots of examples of like twenty plus year age gaps.
2: Yeah, it's not good. And um, and again, to the detriment of the film, she's kind of into it. Yeah, as well, which is horrible. Uh, Especially considering not just considering the fact that he's older than her, but considering the fact that she's her sister is married to him. Yeah. Which is even worse. Yeah, and the glasses and the cardigan. And the glass and the cardigan. But he leaves in sh- shock and shame, and says to Daniel Stern, "You you go ahead in the demo." Yeah. And he runs over to a phone and phones her, but Max von Sydow picks up. Yeah. And he hangs up, and then Barbara Hershey comes out. Yeah. And basically says, "Yeah, I like you too." Yeah. Really, she should be saying, "Don't ever fucking do that again." Yeah. You disgusting man. I'm going to tell
4: your fucking sister. Yeah. My fucking sister, even No,
2: again, this is just more middle-aged wank fantasies, isn't
4: it? Yep, there is a bit of this. Yeah. I think Kane in this, I mean, as he plays it, I mean, there is a scene in the film where I think he's quite good, but just generally he's he's just like this block Mm. not doing much. No. And I don't know whether that's me not reading what he's doing or whether he's actually not doing much.
2: No, I agree. Uh, I think maybe... Perhaps the fact that he's Michael Caine, he doesn't do Woody Allen films. Maybe that's why yeah. it stood out. He wrote it for
4: Jack Nicholson. It was written for Jack Nicholson. That's part. right. Yeah. So I think, which I think would have been equally better. as odd. Would, I think it would have worked. Back. Yeah, I think Jack Nicholson. I, I don't know, but I think Jack Nicholson's got more of the sort of sex appeal. But he's too charming,
2: don't you think? Don't you think it would stand out in the opposite respect that you'd think? Why is he married to Mia Farrow? Why is you know? Maybe. I don't whereas know. Mia Farrow, and Michael Caine. As a couple, does work well. So, function. which
4: of those, like thousand people that they could have cast instead of Michael Caine? Should, yeah. should what what would be the
2: ideal casting for? Well, in 1987, I would have said uh, Mr Miyagi. Mr Miyagi, <laughs> Mr Miyagi for Michael Caine. Yeah, based yeah. on his singing.
4: Prowess. I would say that you could have Dom DeLuise in the Max von Sydow. Perfect. Part.
3: Show right here tonight, you're on your ear. Sure thing, sure thing. Tonight is real. Sure thing.
4: If excitement is your thing, Ah, sure thing. Sure thing. thing. And Telly is Woody Allen. Yeah, you could. Much better film. Every film should have those three. I mean, if the Oscars have those three in it, every film
2: should have those those three in it. Like the Three Amigos is them. Three Amigos is those three. Yeah. Good, the Bad and the Ugly. That would work, actually. Good that, well, what, which way would it be? Well, Ugly like, would probably be um Savalas. Telly Savalas is the... Yeah, okay. Mr. Miyagi would be good because
4: he's so happy. So he's the Clint Eastwood.
2: Yeah. Okay. And uh, the Bad would probably be um, Dom de Luise because he, he's... Dom
4: de Luis is Lee Van
2: Cleef. Yeah. This is,
4: yeah, that would work. Does he have to wear a beret instead of a... Stetson? Yeah, he has a beret, yeah. Apocalypse Now would be...
2: Well, Dom de is already Marlon Brando, isn't he?
4: I no. I would put Miyagi in the Brando role. Would you? Role. what yeah. about as the Martin? I'd put, Sheen? Mio- I'd put Dom de as Martin Sheen, and Telly Savalas as Dennis Hopper.
2: Oh yeah, that would yeah, work.
4: I think that would work.
2: Yeah, Star Wars.
4: So, well, you'll have to do Star Wars. I well,
2: mean. Han Solo would be Telly Savalas. Yeah. Chewbacca would be Dom de Yeah. And Luke would be Mister Miyagi. It's Mis- perfect. Okay, that works. Works. But Michael Caine, though, doesn't work. Michael
4: Caine doesn't work in this film. Maybe no. Pat Morita? Pat Morita, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, who was, I think he was a song and dance man originally. Was he? Which is why he could do all the pretend karate stuff he had to do. Okay, but you couldn't tell from Much like Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse, coming Fine. from a dance background. Yeah. Found it easy.
4: You couldn't tell from the, the the Oscar performance that he used to be a song and dance man, to be
2: fair. He did fall down the stairs, which doesn't help.
4: <laughs> Fell down the <laughs> stairs, barely held the tune.
2: <laughs> but if they are in this film you'd have to have a thing that every time a scene finishes you hear Hannah
4: Hannah yeah. Hannah and her sisters, sisters. <laughs> Hannah and her sisters that should be instead of the, the cue cards in the middle yes or the the little they, they, they use Bewitched Bothered and Bewildered a lot if we ever t- if we talk about the music on it they use that as a motif going through which could be like an alternative title for the film mm. and it works really well but it wouldn't doesn't work as well as if they just go Hannah Hannah and her sisters yeah. Hannah or even Platoon, yeah. Platoon, Platoon. Children of a lesser God. Exactly. Yeah. Salvador, Salvador, Jimmy Woods. Jimmy There's Woods. a bit about Jimmy Woods, isn't there? There is, that Jimmy song, Woods
2: anyway. is uh, coming up, something or other. Yeah. Which is, you know, again, more problematic because you see lots of footage of Jimmy Woods uh, laughing along in the audience in yeah. monologues and you're like, that piece of shit. He's such a,
4: yeah, oh. he is. But he was so good. He was so good. He was good. That's what's Salvador. upsetting about it. Yeah. Not
2: just Salvador, but everything he's in, yeah. pretty much, up until like he disappeared off the map because he was a piece of shit. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. That's what so I mean, Casino he was in, wasn't he? Was, it's like, good yeah. watching Casino because he gets beaten up quite yeah. viciously, and that, so that's quite nice. Anyway, so Barbara's into it, as we said. Um, she has certain feelings, and he says he's walking on air. I've ruined my marriage, and I've ruined this girl's relationship, I'm walking on air," he says.
4: I've written a couple of notes about who would be better than Michael Caine for this role. Oh, go on. I mean, when we were thinking of British, thinking of British actors, British
2: actors, okay. Okay, like
4: Dennis Waterman or Tim Brooke Taylor.
2: I'd love to see Dennis Waterman in this. He would be brilliant. I think he'd work.
4: As yeah. Michael. I mean, yeah, but I think also Michael Caine is a little bit rough and ready and working class for that for what Woody Allen wants from this role, which is mm. the. He, he talks about being an intellectual and very educated and this, that and the other and he's always talking about Bach and God knows what. So yeah, I thought Tim Brooke Taylor would work as Tim well. Tim Brooke
2: Taylor would work especially in the Union yeah. Jack yeah. waistcoat. Richard O'Sullivan. Yeah. He's at the peak of me and my girl powers here. Yeah. Me and my girl we've got each other. So he's, he's still on the scene because he left the scene basically. He left the scene in the 90s it. but at this yeah. point he's still quite big. Yeah. So Richard O'Sullivan would be great or he's Reg got, Varney.
4: Uh, no, I don't know. Well, Reg Varney maybe for the Von Sydow role, but I don't think it yeah. would work. I don't think Hershey would...
2: Robin would go.
4: Asquith. I d- again, I don't think Hershey would go for it with Robin Asquith.
2: Everyone got off Robin Asquith. Everyone? Everyone. Have you not seen any Robin Asquith films? You know, he never broke America, did he? He never did, but he broke Linda Bellingham. <laughs> in the film, I don't mean in real life. I don't know. Confessions don't know. of a driving instructor. Seek it out.
4: No, I know the film. I don't know what happened in real life, John. You'll have to you no. Know, talk to well, him you follow his
2: Twitter. That. If you follow his Twitter account, he tells all sorts of stories. Does he? Hello, Robin. If you're listening, yeah, his Twitter account's great. He has all sorts of great anecdotes on there, much like Val Kilmer's, but better because it's all British. Okay.
4: Right, well, we'll ask him about Barbara Hershey if you if you.
2: I will. About. I will. He'll probably have some sort of witty joke about Hershey chocolate, which is not good, is it? Um, but yeah, so um, Woody's found out he's okay. He's not dying. Yeah. But this leads him into all sorts of other um, existential crises. Yeah. That one day he will die. And it's all just, you know, they're all going on that road. Yeah. So he's not happy. Yeah.
4: there's, I mean, that's a great scene, actually, where he leaves the hospital and he's like jumping up and down in this sort cartoon way and then suddenly he stops.
2: Mm hmm. And that's, yeah. Again, I've been there. Yeah. Um, Barbara meets Michael Caine in a hotel and they have sex.
4: Yeah. My notes say Kane, grey jacket, grey shirt, grey tie for this mm. one. So mm. that's his uh, pulling
2: uniform. He's basically playing John Major from Spitting Image. He, he fundamentally is. He's he got the glasses
4: I've got later on, I, I, my notes just became a, a litany of Michael Kane's fashion. So it says here Kane, grey jacket, grey shirt, grey tie. Next, Kane, grey dressing gown, blue slash grey pyjamas. Next scene, Kane, grey sweater, but capital letters brown jeans, brackets, exciting, exclamation mark. It's quite
2: exciting. So, yeah. Nice so peas. and all His that. palette. Yeah. Is, uh, He's managed to seduce Barbara Hershey, which is more than you've ever he, done. Yes, that's true. Yeah.
4: They, they had a cut scene of, um, it was uh, a, a more serious sex scene on a boat. Oh, that was really? was cut out of the film because it was considered too sexy for the Woody Allen I brand. I don't
2: want to see Michael Caine having any kind of sex scene. He's never done one, I don't think. Had he not? I don't well, think he, so. Well, he has, but it's...
4: It, yeah, but that's that. not, not dressing, really... Dressing, oh, on, on the dressing room floor? On the cutting room floor?
2: Might be on the dressing room floor. That might have been where it was I've done it on the dressing I room floor. I don't know. I, I mean, is in a film that exists. So I've never seen yeah. Michael Caine having an actual sex scene. Okay. I don't want to.
4: No. Well, you were spared by... Uh, it's a bit like He's a bit like sinners. your dad,
2: isn't he, Michael Caine? I mean, like everyone's dad. Yeah. Everyone's grown up with him. And to have him doing a full-on cyber sex scene... No. not palatable okay yeah uh, but so they have sex and uh, she wants him to take care of her she says uh, she goes home to Max von Sydow she isn't happy and wants to leave he notices she's been kissed yeah so she confesses because he's
4: clever he, he, he's, he's clever. he mm. can know so it's basically she has got a choice between von Sydow's small talk about Auschwitz and Jesus and Kane's small talk about financial planning he says, Appreciate you are
2: covered it, in spunk. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he doesn't say that. He doesn't say that. No, <laughs> That was that's more, more, ended up on the dressing room or floor. Or the dressing room floor,
2: yeah. Um, but then, as would you would predict in this kind of situation with men being as awful as they are, yeah. Michael in, in, immediately starts feeling guilty and thinks that he should just stick with Hannah because he can't betray her like this. Now he's at his end away. Awful. What an awful man. Yeah. So Michael feeling guilty, having second thoughts, and then Woody has a flashback about going out with Diane Weist. Yeah. And it's a complete failure because she's, at this point, we mentioned earlier in the film that she's into coke. Yeah. Or was into coke. Well, they say drugs, but she's drinking a lot and taking loads of coke, and she takes him to see a rock band.
4: Yeah, for a a sit-down punk gig.
2: Yep. Which, yeah. Which is always happening. Yeah, I'm sure that there were loads of... Probably these days, but not in those days.
4: Yeah, no, you wouldn't go to like CBGB's and, and like sit at a table no. with, you know, waiter service as, as whoever it was.
2: Yeah, no. No, it doesn't work. And uh, so Michael Caine, uh, Hannah notices he's been antsy and grumpy and she talks about having a baby with him. And Michael thinks they should wait until things settle. And she asks if he's in love with somebody else. And he says, no, no, of course not. And he hugs her. And then again, he has another in a, in a monologue saying, you know, she's so nice. Why am I doing this?
4: Instead, in this scene, again, back to the dress, I started looking at how people are dressed mm. because of all the grey. Mia Farrow's dressed as Diane Keaton to just like add an extra level of Woody Allen weirdness to it. Yeah. He's basically dressed her up as his ex-wife in Annie Hall. Yeah. Think, yeah.
2: yeah, that's not good, is it? Anyway. You're right. I hadn't thought about that. Um, so we have Diane Weiss going for an audition. It doesn't go very well. And she bumps into Carrie Fisher, who's also doing the audition. And she tells her that the the architect man is taking her to the opera. And Diane Weiss is like, well, I thought he was my boyfriend. She's like, oh, well, no, I guess not. Um, so Woody then talks about converting to Catholicism to find meaning for his life. Yes. And his parents get really upset at this. Yeah. Um, and then um, all the sisters go on a dinner date. Yeah. And this is where things get a bit heated. I actually, Woody,
4: Woody's parents though. Oh yeah. There, the, I mean, there's a great, there's, the, I think, about the the most like the essence of Woody Allen line is mm. where his father says, where where they talk about religion and Catholicism or whatever, and the father says, "How the hell do I know why there were Nazis? I don't know how this can opener works," and that's like the quintessential that and what's the other line from Manhattan the um, you look so beautiful tonight I can hardly keep my eyes on the meter that's the other quintessential Woody Allen line mm. he does he's the, the switcheroos mm. that's, that's what he does and that's what he's always been really good at and the and the, the Allen scenes in this are basically him doing stand-up yeah. see so, I mean he was, he was amazing stand-up in the 60s yes he did the the books the sort of short story the like comedy pieces he did for the New Yorker and the New York Times that went into books side effects and without feathers they were great his early films were great and then he wasn't great but the, the Woody Allen bits in this are basically his attempts to do... Because he can't do stand-up anymore, so this
2: is his stand-up. These are his jokes, his so little Was one-liners. it the 90s where it all fell off for him? Because the 80s, he had quite a few big films. He had big
4: he? films, but, the, but, he, but he wasn't as funny as mm. he
2: was in his
4: early career. But they were critically... They were critically acclaimed. They were more yeah. serious and, yeah. And
2: then in the 90s, he had loads 90, of bombs. Yeah, I mean, I, I have, as I
4: said, I sort of like grew up watching him and I've seen all his films until... Mid nineties, but then he makes a film or two a year. He must have made thirty films in the last twenty five years. I've seen probably half a dozen of them, and they're then none of them none of them good.
2: Some of them are real stinkers. The ones he
4: did in London match point, and I can't remember the name of the other one. He did two in London, which was so bad that make you think that he gets that so wrong. He's this chronicler of New York. Hmm. He's probably getting that, he's probably got that wrong as well. If they once, as soon as he does something about something you know about and he's wrong, then you, you lose faith that he was right the other time. And yeah, in New York, this is 90, when when's this, 86? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, actually, I us think Manhattan, which was about 76, 77 when he made that, and it's like this Gershwin and uh, homage to like shots of the Chrysler building and the Brooklyn Bridge and everything's lovely and amazing. But this was like New York of Taxi Driver and of Midnight mm. Cowboy and yeah. the Bronx is burning. And he'd so he just like catalogues a New York of not even a neighbourhood of or a block. It's probably just his his
2: house. In many ways he's like That's Richard he Curtis.
4: Does. Yeah, it is very Richard Curtis actually.
2: Yeah. So the sisters have dinner. Yeah. And Diane Weist is really pissed off because she's not doing well in her acting yeah. career. And Barbara is really sad because she obviously knows about what's going on. Obviously she knows yeah. she's involved. Yeah. Uh, but she won't say. She keeps saying, can we, yeah. we stop talking about this? And they're both like, what's wrong with you? She says, oh, nothing. Yeah. And then Michael goes to therapy. What's he wearing, what's he wearing in his therapy session?
4: Mm, no, I think I'd given up by then. I think just assume Grey. I think it's Grey, yeah. That, that sister scene is really good,
2: actually. It is, isn't it? So the camera's the, constantly going round. The ca- camera's them. constantly going round.
4: Yeah. And the Holly, the um, V's character is sort of breaking down.
2: Hmm.
4: Whereas the Hershey character knows that the Farrow character is the one who should be breaking down. Yeah. So therefore the Hershey character starts breaking down. Hmm. And yeah, that's quite a good dynamic scene.
2: Yeah. And Hannah's upset at Diane Weeks' play because it's basically based on her and Michael Caine's life. Yeah. And details of which she shouldn't know. Yeah. No one should know. And then yeah. um, Diane Weiss says, well, um, Barbara Hershey told me them. She's like, well, how did she know? And then everything starts to sort of unravel. Too, in yeah, our it, it arrives, never but... slides into place. But no, she never, well, we never think that she never cottons that on. Let
4: me be that Hannah knows what's going on.
2: So Hannah asks Michael, and he is—he's really mean to her at this point. That's his. I think this is a good scene. Yeah, I think this is the one good scene he has. He gets in the quite movie
4: shouty. He gets angry, yeah. and he gets angry because Barbara Hershey's knocked him back. Hmm.
2: So, yes, because he's been ignoring it, hasn't he? In, in the meantime, and she's yeah. kind of met somebody else. Yeah, yeah and why yeah. wouldn't
4: she she met someone younger and not married to a sister yeah. So, yeah
2: but then after Michael Caine's really horrible to her he then says he loves her so much and, yeah and then they make love but they anyway do. so Woody meets up again with Diane Weiss. yeah and yeah. She's, she's got a script for him to read yeah and, and, and there's actually, the bit there's actually
4: a bit of chemistry there between Alan and Wiest. that's quite a good yeah. scene as well it's in the record store and he it's yeah so yeah we had such a nightmare of a date
2: yeah
4: well that sit down punk gig that didn't exist yeah and then he then went to see Bobby Short and yeah
2: hey now we're here but it reminds me of if you've seen Rick and Morty yeah you know the Purge episode I'm wondering if that was an homage to him because she literally gets him to read his script, her script while he's she right. sat there Okay. and there's that bit in the Purge episode where the guy in the lighthouse says I'll let you use my lighthouse if you read my script <laughs> and it reminded me of that because he's sitting there and she's like oh what did you think and he's yeah. like oh it's great it's really great he says, I love it so much. There's a couple of things I changed, but I love it. So they start having some chemistry, as you say. Uh, so they have lunch, and he reveals he nearly shot himself. And uh, wanted to see if there was a god. The gun went off without him realising, because he was all sweaty, yeah, and went into the wall, and then he fired it again by accident. So he got his answer that there is a god, because he didn't shoot himself.
1: One day, about a month ago, I really hit bottom. You know, I just felt that, in a godless universe, I didn't want to go on living. Now, I happen to own this rifle, which I loaded, believe it or not, and pressed it to my forehead. And I remember thinking at the time I'm going to kill myself. Then I thought, what if I'm wrong? What if there is a God? I mean, after all, nobody really knows that. But then I thought, no, you know, maybe is not good enough. I want certainty or nothing. And I remember very clearly the clock was ticking, and I was sitting there, frozen, with the gun to my head, debating whether to shoot. All of a sudden, the gun went off. I had been so tense, my finger had squeezed the trigger inadvertently. But I was perspiring so much, the gun had slid off my forehead and missed me. Suddenly, neighbours were were pounding on the door. And and I don't know, the whole scene was just pandemonium.
4: Yeah, Although, weirdly, he made a joke earlier in the film, which was a a good Woody Allen joke about how he could never shoot himself because he'd have to shoot his parents first and then then his aunts and uncles and stuff and everything and just be a, a whole bloodbath. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um so he goes although he also mentions that he went to the cinema that day and he watched Duck Soup. He went to see
4: duck soup, yeah.
2: Which would cheer up anybody. It would,
4: but that was him because I mean the whole thing is about I think earlier in the film he says you wouldn't yeah, I was happy. I just didn't realise I was happy. Or mm. Which is, I mean, that's kind of the key to his part of the film. Yeah, it's to just stop worrying about it, get your enjoyment somewhere, and that and that's the same thing with ducks. Ducks in life's enjoyment. It's not searching for answers. Yeah, that's what he finds. But yeah, he's still making fucking Hannah and her sisters, and he's still making interiors, and and. Crimes and misdemeanors, and he's not making take the money and run and take them bananas. He should have done you a Marvel wouldn't. film. If you if you were walking, a, you should have done a Marvel yeah, film. Would Captain you, America, Woody, Woody, Woody Allen's Avengers, or something. <laughs> it's the, you. You wouldn't if if you were walking down the street and you went into a into a movie theater like he did see Duck Soup to sort your life out. You wouldn't want to watch Hannah and Her Sisters. No, you'd watch Bananas. Yeah, you'd watch Hannah and Her Sisters with. DeLuise and Savalas and Miyagi, and Miyagi yeah. that would that would <laughs> fucking great. show you that life is enjoyment that would be like Duck Soup it would be yeah. so funny oh man every every film should be those three Sadly, we should it can't have been Len. they're all dead yeah, now they are all dead
2: Who? D- oh, Kojak died first didn't he I don't know I don't yeah know it was Kojak happened. then Miyagi then Dom Luis. yeah you wouldn't have predicted that would you
4: no no, you wouldn't which which order would you have gone in
2: well I been mean, Dom DeLuise first wouldn't it he's a bit out of shape. Well, he looks unhealthy. Yeah. Who am I to talk, though? <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, he his lesson is that you only get one shot at life. Yeah. So just enjoy it while you're here, which is what we should all cling to Yeah. while we're on this spinning rock through space. It is. Watch Duck Soup. Don't watch Hannah Unassisted. Absolutely. Um, so him and Diane, we really hit it off. And then we get one year later... So we, we finish yeah. at the same Thanksgiving the party. Third, thank, it's the third, third yeah, you're right.
4: Thanksgiving, so it's two years
2: from the beginning. Yeah, because the one second one after. was where he shouted at her, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So the third one, him and Diane Wiest, uh, uh so there's a Thanksgiving party. Barbara Hershey is now married yes. to the guy she met in the interim with Kane. Yeah. Very happy. Yeah. So Kane's happy for her. Um, Diane Weist writes for TV now. Yeah. She's got like a soap opera or something. I something think.
4: like that. And, oh, she, he's, oh, this is the most horrible film in the scene is Woody Allen necking Diane Weiss oh, from yeah. the back. It's really yeah, horrid.
2: Um, but So Hannah's happy now. Uh, her mum and dad are happy, I believe. Yeah, because he's... Kept, her mum's got because, a drinking problem as well. Well,
4: we yeah, well yeah, but yeah, they're happy because he's kept his lie under wraps. So, mm. great, well, done, well done,
2: men, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, but then and Diane Weiss tells them that she's pregnant.
4: Yeah. Where's which t- was apparently t- was a
2: studio note.
4: Yeah, I think they wanted a happier happier ending than I don't know exactly what downbeat ending they had to start with, but they wanted a
2: happier one. She probably was gonna say that she was dying of cancer or something. Possibly. But luckily, luckily. she's pregnant. pregnant.
4: Possibly with Tony Roberts's curly yeah. children again. Maybe
2: he's knows? got in there just to fucking <laughs> remember. From time. a cup. From yeah. a cup. Oh or, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just going back to Woody Allen's Avengers. Yeah. Tony Robbins as Captain America. Yeah. Woody Allen would be the Hulk. Yeah, because he'd be all mild mannered and meek, and then when he got angry, turn into the Hulk. You like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking. Um,
4: Mr Miyagi is like Thor.
2: Mr Miyagi hasn't been in a Woody Allen film. You have to pick Woody Allen people.
4: We can cast. I mean, look, he hasn't. We can we can cast who we want in this, can't we? Yeah,
2: but it has to be Woody Allen's Avengers. You have to have pick from his ensemble. Okay. So I'm thinking. Um, well, like, Mia Farrow has yeah, to be in there as yeah, a Thor. Farrow, Diane Keaton. Mr Miyagi as Thor.
4: Mr Miyagi <laughs> as Thor. You see, yeah. you can't get a better casting than that.
2: <laughs> you can't honestly, and Dom de Luis yeah. as Iron Man. Yeah, with a really big and, suit. Um,
4: Telly Savalas's thing.
2: Well, Dom de Luis but... would be in the Hulkbuster suit, but that would be his actual suit. <laughs>
4: <Right>. <laughs> what, was he got? You, what was he? He was
2: Captain. What in the in the
4: Bert Reynolds film? Captain Chaos.
2: Captain Chaos. Well, it could just be him, couldn't so it? So it? it'd be a crossover,
4: yeah. A Marvel crossover, with yeah. Your Marvel Reynolds crossover. But
2: would you think there'd be much action in a Woody Allen Avengers film?
4: I think there'd be a, a lot of talking. Mm. It would be a bit like the Angley Hulk.
2: Yes, I think, but with more kind of introspection. Yeah, like to start off with him having therapy as Bruce Banner. Yeah, saying like, when I get angry, I just, I just, I literally <laughs> blow up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
4: that would be... Yeah, they kind of did that Ants,
2: didn't they? Have you seen Ants? Yes, I have seen Ants a long time they ago. They tried to yeah. do that, you know, because kids love Woody Allen, so they really understood all those jokes all, for his therapy. All
4: the, all the one block of Upper West Side New York therapists and... Yeah.
2: Uh, he ends up with Sharon Stone projects. in that. Does he? Yeah. What we must never forget, Woody Allen is a sexual being. Can't get away from it.
4: Well, yeah. It's hard. It's, yeah, you try to forget.
2: We do. It's hard to separate the artist from their art. Yeah. Especially when their art is in your face. No, but I mean, his joke, I
4: mean, so many of his jokes are about sex and, uh, I mean, you talk about your interior monologue about, you know, that you're dying, Well, like 50% about you dying and 50% wank jokes. Mm. And that's him as well, that's a fair isn't point. it, basically.
2: Yeah. But yeah, so there's Hannah and her sisters for you. Great. I thought we did all right there. Got more out of it than we should have done. Probably. We've reached the part of the podcast where I'm going to ask you some questions. You ready? Now, these are all taken from Michael Caine's Twitter profile, as okay, you know. Okay, yes. So, first question. Jason, have you ever been locked in attic? Completely false. That is the right answer. Well done. Okay. Well, you're, the anybody who said, you're the only person uh, who said
4: that. Yeah, I, I, my father shot a squirrel in an attic once. That's what? My, that's my only attic. Your dad
2: shot a squirrel in the attic? Yeah. Well, with a gun?
4: With a gun, yeah. Why? Because uh, the squirrel was eating through the electricity cables and it would have burnt the house down. Your dad's got a gun? No, he didn't have a gun. He must have borrowed an air rifle from someone who right, never had an okay. g- actual gun in the house. Yeah, he must have been, never had an air rifle in the house, so he must have borrowed an air rifle. He had an Uzi gone drill, up, up, drill. Gone yeah. up there, put yeah. two in the head yeah. of the squirrel. And then the house didn't burn down. Good. Well, They're you, pests of
2: squirrels. They are. In houses, not outside houses. Yeah, Okay. People get annoyed when squirrels eat their bird food, but, well, you know, you leave it out in the garden, what are they going to do? They don't know, they're not people. No. You can't put a sign up, they're not going to read it. Jason, what are your favourite music?
4: Um, all sorts of music. I like a lot of different types of music. I like my, I suppose favourite, I'd go back to soul and funk and rag groove. I like Laurel canyon type stuff as well, you know, the California folk put me in the mid 70s with blood on the tracks and songs in the key of life and that'll be fine
2: good good have you ever had a wonderful day in your garden no good if like Sir Michael you were in beautiful Armenia for two hours and 53 minutes before leaving for London how would you pass the time
4: I would probably eat because I don't know anything about Armenian food but the Georgian food's very nice Mm. Iranian food Turkish food And so, yeah, I'd eat. And if I had time after that, I would probably go and see some cock. What? K-O-K-H. Right. Which is, uh, yeah, it's Armenian wrestling, John. Oh, is it? Cock, K-O-K-H. I didn't know about this. Cock's very big in Armenia.
2: Is it? Yeah. It's the very big cocks in Armenia. Yeah.
4: It's like a sumo, but with... uh, Bigger cocks. K-O-K-H. Yeah,
2: of course. I That's what I meant. Okay, well, you've heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Go to Armenia for a big cock. Uh, if you were on a bus teaching on the edge of a cliff and suddenly had a great idea to save the day what would it be? Um,
4: I would turn the engine on drain the petrol tank
2: oh it's at the back science. of the bus isn't it? yeah yeah yeah
4: the front of the bus gradually bounces forward yeah so it might bounce onto the road if it doesn't there'd be enough enough counterbalance to like send one of the little ones like Robert Powell or someone up to the end bring the gold down bar by bar, mm-hmm. and then the bus will, will tip onto the road. It's very easy, the end of the Italian job, if that's what the question... I assume that's what the question refers to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That well, could be your own interpretation, but in this instance, yeah. Yeah, it just needs a little bit of thinking,
4: and then they would be fine. <sighs> I
2: don't know what you mean. Michael Caine was known for not being fussy about his film choices. Can you make up a title for a would-be Caine B movie, and what would it be about? Oh, God.
4: Not oh god, not, no. That's George, George Burns' film. Although maybe a remake of that would work. Now he's old enough; he yeah. could probably do. What Would he do?
2: Oh god, that. you devil! Though, which I think was the third film. There was three of them. Whether there was oh god, yeah, oh the, god, I god I book two, oh and then god. Then, oh god, you devil. Literally,
4: oh god, oh god, oh god. Yeah. But no, so no, not that. I, he's, he was in a lot of the films, wasn't he, Michael Caine? The, the Swarm, the, lots of the, the Zulu, Sorry, The something. Yeah.
2: The Italian Job. Yeah. There's lots of this. the Harry you Brown. Could, you could go down the you know, dirty awesome. rotten scoundrels. Yes, the Hannah and her sisters. It's a good one.
4: He was in films which weren't weren't called that as well.
2: Yeah, no, no, that's true. But
4: um, so sorry. What was the question again? What, uh, what would
2: you? What would you? If you had to make up a Michael Caine B movie, what would it be called? Not not a film about bees. Yeah, that's a confusing one. The old assholes.
4: The old Michael Caine plays an old asshole leading a group of old assholes. To rob a bank and moan about immigration and sovereignty and stuff like that. Would
2: you spell arseholes differently, like in you know in, in glorious bastards with the e, um, just to get past the sentence? Maybe, maybe
4: I do like an ampersand for the a, yeah, word, like something or an yeah an at-side. or at, yeah. yeah, yeah. The old arseholes. It could be a cyber
2: comedy. Cyber. Maybe, maybe the yeah maybe. old people having to deal with it. Old people rob yeah, a bank
4: to rob a bank and moan about immigration. Yeah, ringing
2: their their children to come round and get rid of their viruses. Yeah, telling them how they have to download Norton and McAfee. <laughs> my barber was telling me the other day. Well, not my barber, my bar, the guy next to my barber, his chair. Yeah. He's quite an old fella, and he was telling me all the problems he's having with Norton antivirus. And I just wanted to say to him, mate, just don't use it. You can
4: cast him in the film then. Just have it'll be, it'll be Michael Caine and you know Roger Daltrey, and and your mate from the barbers.
2: Yeah, he'd be very good actually. Yeah, he wouldn't seem out of place next to Daltrey and Caine actually. Finally, what are your best and indeed worst Michael Caine films?
4: Oh Well, again, he's done a lot of films, hasn't he? Yeah. So I haven't seen, obviously, I mean, whatever percentage of them I've seen. I haven't seen.
2: But in your that opinion, though, them. it's
4: not. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge. Everyone said, would say Get Carter. I'm not a huge fan of Get Carter, I must admit. A lot of the Caine films that I like, he's not in for very long. So, Mona Lisa mm-hmm. is very good. He's good in that, but he is? he's not in it for very long. Uh, Prestige, mm. Lost I, I like Last Orders a lot. I think that's a very good film. I I'd, say La, I'd say Last Orders actually. All right. And what's he's, the worst one? And he's seen? playing an old arsehole in Last Orders as well. It so, could be a sequel. Yeah. Worst one. There's a lot of choice, isn't there? But um, you know, in the like in the seventies, they had these all star, lots of all star films, like Post Towering Inferno. Probably yeah. might even been post. Um, great Escape, or it's a Mad 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 World, where mm. where they think about the poster of the film and what actors they can get on the poster of the film more than they think of the film themselves. Yeah, and Michael Caine was in a lot of those films. He
2: certainly Owen oh, Allen films. Yeah,
4: yeah, and they turn up beyond the Poseidon been,
2: adventure. That was what I was
4: going to say. I was going to yeah. say beyond the Poseidon adventure or a shanty, and they turn up. I, I'll have seen them because they'll have been on ITV at Christmas time. Mm but because they cost so much money to make and they've got lots of stars in. Mm. And they, but they won't have been on Christmas Day or Boxing Day, they'll have been on like the 28th or the 29th. And I've yes. seen them Tucked and they, they're just terrible, terrible yeah. films. So that.
2: Great. Well, Jason Sinclair, thanks so much for popping in. Thank you very much. Thanks for talking about midlife crises with me. We're all getting there. But until next time, I will continue to have the best time. I hope you do the same. Bye. <laughs>
0: Oldham has got a shot to take the winning spot, but for William Hurt or Jimmy Woods might get on, I and that's what made him walk away, or by the hot-skinned dogs, will win the day. They group. find a
3: horse, you're going to weave a mate, be the and one and who's going to steal us, and look on the way, or see some secure, or have turn up. turn up, whoa, or maybe Molly Madden
0: yeah. will steal the show. You want to bet the wad, you can skip a nod, you can clean up on children of a pet the god. To tune in Hannah too, or maybe room with a view or there's a chance to miss the mic and all up through. The nominees can't
3: wait, they're at the starting gate. They must have placed your bets, or you'll be too late. Place your bets on your Mars. We got the show Run. Right.